Hello, welcome to Fresh Death Comics, the podcast. I'm your host, B-Luke. I have Amy joining me. Hello, Amy. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I hope everyone's had a great week. We, it has been an interesting week of trying to figure out things to talk about. We had movie trailers we had planned. Oh, yeah. Uh, we wanted to talk about all, all kinds of things. But as we were posting the last episode, the actors ha- went on strike. Um, along with the writers, and so I was like, man, can I even post this? Like, what are the rules? I've been hunting down trying to figure out what the rules are. They're all over the place of, like, interpretation. Because I want to support the actors during this time. I know, Amy, you have family who is in the Actors and Writers Guild. Yes. My my cousin is a member of SAG-AFTRA. And you've been telling me a lot of fascinating things, like how it is to be an extra and the and the rules of that. Because yes. oh, we think about movie actors, and we always think of Robin Downey Jr. and Jennifer Lawrence, all these high, Samuel L. Jackson, all these high-paid actors. Like, they have billions and millions of dollars. Why do they need more money? But we don't think about the background people, the Correct. extras who really enhance the scene and it's because of them I think sometimes scenes are better. Oh, a thousand percent agreed. I know you went to tell me the rules, and I was like, no, no, let's say this for the podcast, because I think other people might be interested in how it is for extras, and what, what does it mean to mm-hmm. be an extra on a movie scene? Yeah, so my cousin Jeff is an actor in Los Angeles, California. He is a member of SAG-AFTRA, like I mentioned, and he's been, um, we we both consider ourselves in the biz. I went to school for television radio, so that was always something we had in common, which is always fun to talk about. The way that he described about how he was essentially able to start climbing the Hollywood ladder, I'll say, is he starts doing like generic casting calls of extras. That you're scene fillers, that you're filling out the coffee shop or the restaurant scene while the rest of the scene is taking place. And you do that for a certain amount of hours or a certain amount of uh, production or a certain number of productions. And, you know, after a certain point in time, you earn your card. And that's how you become a member of the SAG-AFTRA union. Like, you have to have, like, of course, you have to, like, apply for it and everything. But, you know, there's, that's the, that's the footwork to get you into the door. Once you get that SAG-AFTRA union you can then go after like the more speaking roles, the parts that pay more, that you actually can create contracts and, and stuff like so, that. So if, if I can understand this, so you start out as an extra, you, you show up on set, you do whatever they say, if it's just in the background drinking tea yep. or reacting to something. Um, I know we have really enjoyed watching extras in movies of like, Oh no! Like these oh, yeah. reactions are great. Yes. So they start out there, mm-hmm. and the more time they get, then they get their card, and then they're able to get more roles. Correct. So with this writer, the new contract that these executives want to pull is that they can scan their face for one time, and all these extras can now be just computer simulated in the background, like a green screen. Yeah, which sounds so if that happens. Insane. That means there's really they're stopping actors from acting, right? 100. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, basically because then they don't have to continuously pay the same actor to come in time and time again. It, they it's just in their pocket for free whenever. Oh, we need random white guy in his 20s. Okay, bloop, now he's in the scene. Like there's no you know, you, there's no authenticity there's no human there's literally no human element like yes you are basing this all off of a person but there's no person actually providing emotion providing um a a beat character development none of that is in the same thing as an ai created generated extra these new movies have come out since covid I, I have been comp- complaining on it on the show. I've been mentioning it. I, I have said it multiple times that it feels empty. And the more I think about it, if you really look how many extras are in shows now, mm-hmm. there's not a lot. They've kind of erased the extras from being in things. Everything feels empty to me. We watch shows and movies, and I'm just like, I never feel like they're in a city or they're in anywhere. I just feel like we're on a soundstage, and this is an acting performance in a theater. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that they're 
already taking away extras jobs on sets and now they're reducing even more. I, I just, it, it's really sad. It is. And so I, I want to stand with the actors and the writers during this strike. So um, I've been looking up the rules. The rules are, and they apply for if you were getting money from these people. Mm-hmm. And we have not been paid. The only people we, um, any kind of things happen, we have a partnership with Fat Cats. But yes. that's for a rundown show. Yes. Um, has nothing to do with movies. Mm-hmm. But part of this is if you ever wanted to be in the Screen Actors Guild, and I don't know, maybe I could be an actor one day. Someone sees me and says, hey, that's the guy I want to be in my movie. I need generic crazy guy number numbers. And I just play in a psych ward and be an extra. Yeah. Like, that would be dope. That would be cool with that. So I don't want to ruin any of the rules. Plus, I want to stand with them. So we do with them what's right. And part of it was not promoting thing projects that are out there so promoting the barbie movie or alpenheimer or ninja turtles any of these movies coming out we probably shouldn't be talking about them but in the same time we've promised you guys that we were going to talk about secret invasion so i figured that we would talk about it for next week and this week just secret invasion and then we're gonna kind of not talk about movies anymore or TV shows until this is over. I think that that's fair. Also, the fact that they did say that uh, one of the rules of this strike is that you should honor your current contracts, your current projects, since it's in the middle of it. And I kind of feel like, you know, we entered into this pod with a contract that, with you guys that we would talk about Secret Invasion. And I, I would like to finish that journey because it feels like... A silly thing to do to just dump out of it because of this. We're so close to the end. Like, yeah. you know, this week, next week, and then we have Trificon. Until the movie stuff's over, you know, we'll, we'll just do what we do. We got so many comics to talk about. Exactly. We're We've reading. Got... There's so many books out lately. Like, we just, that's one thing I feel like we're, you know, this is, we have content. We're not lacking for content. It's just time. One thing, we'll maybe change topics a little bit. You talked about how you went to school for broadcasting. I also went to school for broadcasting. Mm-hmm. As many of our audience knows, part of my minor was like rhetoric of film and rhetoric of movies and television and music and what it means. And one thing maybe we should talk about, because it's all over everything I'm watching right now, is this Jason Aldean situation. Mm-hmm. He's a country singer, has a song called Try That in a Small Town. And first thing, I I don't really think anything of it because I've heard the song, people playing it, whatever. I I didn't really, I don't like country music. And and unfortunately with my name, I just get served country music nonstop. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Like Luke Bryan stole my song. I know. I mean, not only did he steal your name, he stole your song. So, um, and, and every one of my... Not every one of my friends. I, I have a lot of friends on Facebook who have been posting, I support him, and Jason Aldern, I stand with him, he's an American. And so I decided, you know what, I, I need to know what this is about. Why are people standing with him? And I, I watched the music video, and I felt like in, I got punched in the face. Why is that? Because I went into it knowing that... This is the Tennessee capital of okay. where a famous lynching took place. And so watching him perform in front of there, like it was a concert for this lynching, felt very disheartening. So I, I said, I went into this already being suggestive where my alliance should go. What is somebody who doesn't know these facts going to feel? So I made you watch the video, yes. providing with no context, just None like, whatsoever. we should watch this. And you're like, okay. Yep. And uh, what do you think? Really, my first reaction was about mm, a minute 30 into the video. And I was just like, this is a lot of white people, <laughs> was my first thought. Like, they're showing clips of all of these confrontations that are supposedly happening across America. We'll get to that. <laughs> But all of them seemingly were white. Like, the woman's clearly spitting in the cop's face. Like, there was riot footage. But there, I feel like there were black people that were in the video. However, the way that I saw them portrayed as, you know, just thugs. People who cause problems by just, you know, robbing uh, convenience stores because they have either nothing better to do where they just don't care or you know just for fun like 
really that struck me very hard in the first minute of of this video it was it i i just left me with an icky feeling i was like this is very focused on white people this is not a very diverse you know set of news clips oh felt that way and so i i looked into the lyrics i i was i did a real deep dive into this i tried to find where all the clips were from Mm-hmm. And um, I found I found some sources that provided me with the links that made it easier. Turns out that not everything he, – he claims that everything was a news line and 100% real of what actually happened on the news. They were all real news footage. Turns out a lot of it was fake. He bought the images or he bought a video of someone lighting a Molotov cocktail. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of Ukrainian-Russian footage in some of it. Really? On the streets, Yeah. And then some of the documents is about like white supremacy, like, and it was an article by the NCAAP about the supreme, like how it should be supreme, how white people should be, like it's white nationalist talk really in this clipping he has. Mm-hmm. The protest he shows the real protests were all Black Lives Matter protest. So just that alone, in that context, you you have to know when you do a video, everything is a purpose thing that you do. It's not an accident he's in front of the Tennessee courthouse. Mm-hmm. He didn't just find these clips. He doctored them and made them in there. And then I started looking at the lyrics. So it starts out, sucker punch someone on the sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on an owner at a liquor store. I started thinking about, I, I, I grew up, I would say I grew up in a small town. Aaron was a very small town. It's yes. very country. Um, yes. Even Horseheads, uh, I, I, I think, is a very small town. So I, I, I was like, all these sayings are things of like when I came to visit Binghamton, I was terrified. Like I went to Fat Cats <laughs> for the first time. I was terrified. Like, oh, man, am I going to get carjacked? Am I going to get beaten up? Is my car going to be missing when I get out here? It's all like these systemic racist, racist thoughts about city life. Mm-hmm. And how it's not really like that. The people, like, I'm learning, like, people are actually more together here in a city. Like, they, they stand up for each other. Like, hey, we're here for each other. I find more than in. Yeah, I mean, think about how passionate New Yorkers are about being New Yorkers. Exactly. And I, I feel like there's things, something happened at the comic book shop. There would be people there like, hey, we're, we're here. We're, we're standing with you. Yeah. You don't do this in our town. Yeah. Or if something happened, like we had protests in this in this area, and, and it w- didn't make the news because everyone was respectful. It's just you get to the big big cities, mm-hmm. and you you portray that those incidents as it happens all over the world. That's so, that's kind of messed up, and I just don't. You know what I'm saying? Shit, what is it called? Uh, scare tactics. I feel yes, like scare it's scare tactics, tactics to. Um, keep people uh, afraid to keep people and most importantly keep people tuned in you know what's what terrible thing is going to happen in the world now what what national disaster is is happening it's <laughs> I was gonna say torture porn it's it's in a way it kind of is just because like you're you're kind of getting off on terrible things happening. Yeah, like we're America, and look at all these bad things that happen. We need you. You don't try that in my small town. Yeah, mind you, when something did happen to him, you ran away like a coward. Yeah. So, but I, I was taking a look at a dialogue and a dialect and words that he uses. They're important because you look at stanzas and phrases, mm-hmm. and he says his line: "You think it's cool? Well, acting a fool." A couple lines later, it says, "Got a gun that my granddad gave me." Both of those have some kind of racist overtones. We're talking about grandfathers mm-hmm. um, and the grandfather laws of how guns work. That and that that is a racial term of like, oh, my grandfather gave me a gun. I also have a gun. So there's this grandfather law that he 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 subliminally puts in there, and then acting a fool. Wait, can you just explain that grandfather law? I'm just not sure. I I'm aware of it. Oh, uh, the the word grandfathered. So, um, when land became available to buy, you owned this land because my grandfather owned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people who, when slaves became free free men. They didn't have anything because they didn't have anything grandfathered in. Oh, you don't get this. You don't. 
you don't have this land. You don't have this. There, there was laws about grandfather. You don't have X privileges. Correct. Okay. And so it's a very. Was um, that? Did they do that with voting as well? Correct. You, you had to have someone who had voted in your family line before, so you could vote. Okay. That's yes. I think I remember. I think I remember us talking about that before. So, I mean, thanks for the recap. So, to put something in there of that line, it, it, it's seems, purposeful. It's purposeful. You don't just throw that in there, especially when you're saying acting a fool. And usually, that line is referred to people who are acting foolish. Mm-hmm. You're gonna shoot them? Yeah. I just. Uh, the, it seems like an extreme reaction. And then I think the worst part of it is he does this the whole course. You try this in a hometown, and then he says, full of good old boys, which we've Wait, learned. full of good old boys? Yes. Raised up right. By who? Like, whose version of rights? That's always my first question. Well, it's it's their version of rights. Yeah, like, but, but the, just but, because you say it's right doesn't mean that but we have the same Good old boys is a call to action for the Proud Boys for the white nationalist. Is it really? It is. The Proud Boys, the good old boys, that, that that's what they're known for. It's not looking good, Jason. It's not looking good for you. So, I just... It's a catchy song, and you're like, man, small town pride, and and I, I, you put a music video, and you show kind of basically, you, if you look at the lyrics, just the lyrics, you, you could argue with me about, oh no, this and that, but then you throw the imagery that he put in there. It's his mm-hmm. music video. It wasn't like I made the music video and put it up there, my interpretation. No, it, it's and I feel like most of uh, human beings' communication is through visual aids, mostly. So, clearly, this visual has been chosen for reasons and is giving a definite message, whether they want to hide behind the truth or their version of the truth. Yeah, because, I, I don't know, I, I've I traveled, we've, we talked last episode, we, we traveled across this nation before. and Correct. The small towns are the scariest Oh, Yeah. <laughs> They are not very friendly. Listen, I stopped they... in Shamrock, Texas once, and I was scared out of my mind. It was a teeny tiny town. <laughs> there are so many. There's a lot of small towns in Wyoming. I was very scared. There was people, because when we traveled with Hans, I didn't realize that people thought that we were a couple. Oh, yeah. I always forget and, about that. And so, and I, because I'm like, oh, he's my best friend, and... You know, you're like, yeah, people... he is my business partner. Yeah, he's my partner. We're best friends. He's my hetero life mate. <laughs> Throw that in there, and then they get really confused. Oh, I didn't say that there because they, I don't feel like they would understand what that meant. They hear those kind of words like, "I say I'm a cisgendered male," they freak out. Oh yeah, that's true. So like when I was, I was in Walnut Grove, like people were eyeballing me, like, "You know what's he doing here?" And we were just stopping there for some food. We, we both went to school. We both went on radio. We learned what things you can and cannot say on the radio. And for me, there's a lot of call to action of, like, violence. He doesn't say it. No, but... But it is implied. Coded messaging is still messaging. Mic drop. It It's... Subliminal messaging is also still messaging. I've... Tried to listen to Helter Skelter backwards. I, I, I've tried to listen to certain musics that have uh, caused disasters throughout this nation. Because, like, like Metallica, like yeah, the, Edge of the Sandman. I, I know. I'm so tempted to just really go into this with you, but I, I, I will refrain. And I, I have not once have I been like, no, I, I see what people mean. Like, this music isn't good. It's just been like, this is what they're into? Like, the. the and like the Helter Skelter backwards, I can't, I don't hear what they're hearing. I don't hear it. I, I think that's one where if you, but this song here is clearly in a small town. See what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Like definitely caused for violence in small towns, which already are having problems of their own violence. Yeah. If you look at the statistics, it's small towns that are, that have the shootings, that have big mass shootings. I think Buffalo might be one of the only exceptions. But I feel like Buffalo, you know, and having but, and you you went to, you know, Buffalo for a period of time. I've, you know, been there a couple times. 
I feel like it's one of the smaller of the cities in New York State. So it's kind of small town ish, but also city ish. It's a nice blend of both of yeah. yeah. I would say Binghamton would be more city hmm. than Buffalo is. Well, they like, can give us the bills. I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> I just the I Binghamton bills. That's a like, great ring. Buffalo. Once you know where you're at and what's going on, like it's not, it's not that big. Yeah. But the I, fact that someone drove from Conklin in his small town. Oh yeah, Two. Rinky D- Conklin is not big. It is small. It is a small town. That is a small town. So I don't. Know. That's what I, that's my feelings on the song. Uh, I, I've seen. It's just I've seen. I've seen a lot of people. Um, people were following on TikTok, who are standing with him, and I'm just like, nah, I can't. I'm sorry. If I'm putting out something that even portrays that, I would have this tone. I would take that back and be like, hey, I I didn't realize that. He is not. He's. He wasn't like. I didn't know that was in front of the Capitol. He hasn't like doubled down on it. No, he doubled down and said, "I, I stand for America. I stand for freedom." Um, you know, th- that's what this song's about. And that's people, what all white nationalists there, say. There, there are all. There's always two opinions to everything. So you know, I know what I believe. Great. And people cheered him on. <laughs> Which is like the vaguest statement. You've said so much, and yet he said nothing at all. Yeah, because he's he's doubling down. He's not saying sorry. He's not saying I didn't realize it. They offered me two. Pl- like, why was it that courthouse? Yeah, he literally could have been on a green screen and done it, the White House if he wanted. Yeah, it could have been and had it on the back of like, you know, but he didn't choose the White House. He chose a place known for lynching, like he was having a party. Yeah, that's what I felt. I felt like we were having a black party to celebrate what happened. I think that's yeah. the part that upsets me the most is that people are just cheering him on like, yeah, I'll go to that black party. That, that's every time I see that. I'm thinking of people saying, I'm going to that black Yeah, stay with Jason. Yeah. Crack and open a Pabst Blue Ribbon and pour it out in a solo cup. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it just upsets me that people are just so blinded by the fact of, oh, no one, everybody's innocent. Just because it's a good song, we should listen to it. It's also, I think, and and we were talking about this earlier, you and I both have, I feel, I feel that I could call myself media literate. I feel that you could also call yourself media literate. However, I feel like a majority of people in society nowadays, not so much. You and I know how to spot some of this BS and look deeper and think critically about the media that we consume where I think a lot of shit is just taken at face value anymore. But th- I, that's what I went to school for. Yeah. I mean, this, this is what they teach you in college, and when you don't go to college, I think this is what happens. Exactly. You get people who just don't want to think critically of, like, when songs come out, it's a representation of things that came before it. Like, words and, like, Gambino, I wrote this whole paper about how Charles Gambino, words that he said were based on old like Kanye songs or old songs mm-hmm. by um, N.W.A. and uh, like he, he respect like you when you understand music, you usually wrote, write lyrics that reflect on something that came before. Yeah, you you include your influences. Yeah, and that's what makes you you. And I think we have forgotten that that cause maybe it just that's just how I feel about it. So maybe we should just. Switch topics. Let's let's talk about Secret Invasion. Sure. Because <laughs> we watched that last episode. A lot of talky-talky. Nick Fury uh, talked to everybody. Sitting down. <laughs> um, what did you call him last e- time? Even places that you didn't think he would sit down. He was in an old theater bar. And he took a seat on the stage. Why Daenerys Stormbreaker walked, you know, just standing there. That seems kind of awkward to me that she was standing like he is sitting. Yeah. Um, What'd you call him last time, last oh, episode? Oh, M- Mr. Sit Down a lot. <laughs> Fitting. It was just him talking, and we we got the funeral for Talos, because I guess Talos is officially dead. I mean, I I, I would call this a death, because we see the body. We there. do see the body. They're However. the body. Yeah, that's true. 
so I, I guess that's official. So I guess R- I don't R- want P- it to be. I love Men Pen Mendelssohn, and I love his sarcasticness. So in the funeral, um, and I guess that's my problem with the whole episode is the people that we know that are scrolls, like. When they're doing the funeral service and she starts speaking in Scrollanese, I, I don't know their actual dialect. Yeah, I don't called. know what it's, what their language um, is. So when she's called. saying speaking in the scroll dialect, she is like they're doing the funeral. They are in, they're in private. How come they don't go into sc- scroll mode? Like, wouldn't that be respectful? Especially they're, when earlier. Gaia said something to Priscilla about, like, oh, but has he become, like, infatuated? Did he get lost looking at you in your true form? After giving Priscilla, like, sass about... Yeah, and I I, I think she, as her father, would have been like, I don't care if you're not going to do it. You want to be a human person. I'm going to respect this funeral. It's like wearing a suit. Yeah. Like, when you go to a funeral, you don't need to dress up. But is respectful, and everyone like that. That those to me, those are the rules. You wear a suit, you dress up somehow because that is respectful. Mm-hmm. And them not going to scroll form, I felt was kind of the. Oh yeah, it was like kind of the ultimate disrespect, or like didoy guys. Didn't you forget that this is how you, what you're fighting for so hard is to be in your true form, and yet here you are on your own, and you can't be in your true form yeah so it's for your own father (laughs) his funeral and it feels so weird that they're not shape-shifting into other people because we like they can only shape-shift like i know they're the actors and they're like well we don't want to put all the actors in paint and makeup the whole time you have to see their face or else we're not gonna know that's olivia coleman yeah like i think is kind of messed up i think this is where the, the show is like fraying a little bit it's oh, we're not fraying. We, we are hanging on a mountain cliff. Just going, wee! <laughs> With one arm hanging on there. The other one, you got yourself a Trulies in the hand. And you're not, you got a joint. And you're just hanging there, wee! How's it hanging there, McMurray? It, it, it is. I just, I'm getting, I, I'm getting sick of it. And I almost, and that's what I was debating. Whether or not we should talk about it this episode. But I think it's the end scene that kind of got me like, A, how does Nick not know she's a scroll? I, don't I feel know. like he's the worst super spy of all time right now. He's showing her all his secrets, but now he's back. He gets on the phone and says, Get ready. Or I'm, or like, something like, Get ready, or I'm all set. I'm getting ready. And he's like, He called someone in. I want to know he called in. Because. I hope it's Carol, but I always hope it's Carol. I do, too. And the fact that he mentions, like, we had all the Avengers blood, including Carol Danvers. Danvers. The fact he mentioned her name. The only one he shouted out at all. Yeah, it kind of leads me to believe that she is, it is going to be Carol. It's going to be Carol. Before we get back to this episode of Fresh to the Comics, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Swisher Sweets. Mm Mm-mm. Swisher Sweets. Ain't it sweet? Yeah. So smooth. Swisher sweets at gas stations everywhere. So, so I, I, I want, I'm trying to think of who it's going to be. Um, the Marvel, one of the Marvels makes sense because of the Marvel movie coming out. Yep. Also, the more I thought about the Marvel movie coming out, kind of makes me want to believe that this is just going to be a lead up to that Marvel movie. So, this is not going to be Nick Fury's swan song. This is going to be like his rebirth or something. Like he's going to inject yeah. his own self with it. And all of a sudden we're going to see him do jumping jacks and become Mr. Stans all the time. <laughs> Mr. Stans only. Like that's the only way this art can go for him. He's either going to die or he has to get a super sol- soldier. Or give the man a freaking wheelchair. For as much as happened in but the that, last that's, that's episode. Everything that happened in the last yeah. episode. That was we, we just talked to... It felt like you you really don't have to watch this episode. What happens? What happens? If, why is this episode important? Confirmation Talos is dead. Olivia Coleman is awesome. That's all I got. 
like we she's are, delightful. We I'm loving her. In the show. Yeah, but I like, just her sickly sweet like Professor Umbridge approach to this whole series. I'm just really enjoying her. I think she's delightful. I saw get the eye patch on. I'm like, can we just watch the next episode? Just put it on, like. You could have just made this a double feature, and we would have been fine. Or, like, yeah, double release the there, finale no, episodes like, or whatever. This episode is a real... And it, remember I was talking about extras earlier, like how they feel in a movie? There was nobody in scenes except for, uh, I forgot her name, Fury's wife and... Priscilla. uh Gaia. And Gaia. They were the only people in that scene. And then the soldiers come in. And they shoot him so fast that they you, you only see him for a second. Yeah. So they could have used the same actor that whole time for everything. Which also, can we talk? Uh, okay, I got angry at that part. She knows that the hunters are after her, that she has a warrant on her life. And she stays in her house like, he's only going to send one person to kill me. So I'm just going to set my fate. We, I'm so sad. Well, let me turn the question around, Brian. If this were you and somebody was after you... Would you leave the house? Yeah. And go I, where? On the run. She's to where? I am I would make myself disappear. I would go to like Wyoming where there is nobody and just shake shift into a football star and, and join the football team and then get a scholarship to college and start my life all over again. Get a master's in rhetoric of film. <laughs> and then when it comes time to pay the bill, change your identity again. <laughs> Just I, I I just feel like a lot of this is done like oh the script called for this like we have to stick within the like the boundaries of what is here. It just yeah it feels weird. It feels I was gonna say like Titanic, a sinking ship, but that reference feels inappropriate right now. Uh it feels more like a boat taking on water and they're trying to plug up all the holes. I feel like this is the patch job show of Marvel, the Marvel universe right now. Like, I, I made a comment last week about how I want to see a scroll, like, see where this started, give me a begin date, and I've been thinking about, like, when this could have happened. I totally forgot about No Way Home. It made me think of Far From Home and how Fury was actually Talos that whole time in the movie. And I was like, okay, so could Talos have put secret agents in different places? But I'm like... He was the good guy the whole time. He would have told Fury who he was making agents. Like, I feel like it's gotten real sloppy. I would absolutely agree with you. It's just kind of, dis- it's not kind of disappointing. It is disappointing because the f- I've just been hyped about Secret Invasion since you told me about that and since I'm I heard s- about like, it. And comic, I'm disappointed. The comic is so good. Like, I really, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did, like, once... I was able to read the tie-in issues with it, like the New Avengers part of it. Like, that's what sold me. I was like, oh, there's all this stuff going on besides this main event. And I'm getting no, like, B story, C story, like, that really matter in the MCU. I'm I'm getting graphics, like... Although I do think it's interesting. There there was maybe one small... And that's what I'm getting annoyed at, is just these small little glimpses of things. Uh, But Gravitz had... What looked to me like an extendable, activating, like, Groot arm. Oh, see, that made me mad. I think that's supposed to be, in the in the comics, the Super Scroll is the Fantastic Four. So he has Mr. <sighs> Fantastic stretchy power, and he's supposed to have Ben Grimm's um, Thing fist. power. Oh, okay. But I think you're right. I think that is a Groot arm he well, has. Well, not only that, but, and I'm actually glad, because I think in the recap, they kind of purposely chose a screen and it had, like, Groot as having one of the DNA samples or whatever. Okay, so, yeah, maybe... So, I'm glad that some of those... We do watch those recaps sometimes. So, yeah, so I Groot was used. But, see, I just got mad because I was like, oh, this is like the comics, but the Groot arm was cool. I just... It was cool. I think it would have been much cooler. I just want the Fantastic Four. I want the Fantastic Four in the MCU given to me. I want to I see the Ben Grimm hand with... Do you know this would have been Reed the perfect Richards. opportunity? Because he can't tell who's a scroll or not. So, um, in the comics, Reed Richards develops kind of like a flash gun that flashes you and it, it will tell us if you're a scroll or not. Hmm. 
Like it's it's able to tell. He invents this thing. So this has been the perfect opportunity for Nick Fury to go, hey, listen, Reed. I need this gun. You're the smartest guy in the universe because he knows who everybody is. Yeah. So if the Fantastic Four has just been kind of just doing adventures in the multiverse this whole time, not really messing with the outside world, like, hey, we're not superheroes like you. We're just science nerds. We're just kind of focusing on making sure this world's okay. There you go. Bam. Just wrote it for you. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Fury comes in. We got to introduce the Reed. Oh, now we can go on their journey and see what was happening. Mm-hmm. I agree. But instead, just... they're going to do something like, oh, they've been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, or I knew it could count on you. You always come in at the last minute. Ha ha. Like, nah. So, last last episode, we talked about a lot of things. We got done with the episode. We turned off all the mics, getting ready to f- go upstairs. And you go, oh, no. I said, Amy, what's wrong? You said, I didn't get a chance to talk about the great British football. <laughs> This is Aww, a true story. And you were so sad. So I want to make sure we can yeah. talk about it. Tell us. What yeah. is your thoughts, feelings? Tell me. Why should I read it? Because I, I haven't read it. I'd be honest. I'm not a big British bump off. Or what is it called? British, <laughs> British cake off? The great British bake off. Bake off. All right. Yeah. I got it almost right. I said cake off. It's They're always basically, making cakes. They are also making cakes. How- the only reason I like it is because Noah's in it. Oh, yeah. Noel Fielding is so great. I love him. Oh, is that? I don't know. I just know he's the guy from the IT crowd, so sorry. He, Noel? Yeah, Noel Fielding. Noah. Noel. Noel. Uh, yeah. No, he's great. Um, also, if you've never seen The Mighty Boosh, that is a very silly. Oh, it takes place at a zoo. It's very silly. British Bake Off is its own form of comfort food. It's the comfort food of television. There's nothing... There's no discussion of terrorism, war, politics, just good bakes, just the science of baking, the art of baking. It's the television equivalent of a cozy sweater. You put it on and that's all you care about is like, did Sue do a good job on her bake? Was this the best she could have done? Or why did her butter melt? Why did she use melted butter instead of hard butter? Because that would have given her a more fluffier crust if she had refrigerated butter. See, this is why I want to work for one of the companies right now. Because I'm like, reality shows can be a thing. Yeah. And we could make the British Bake Off, the American Bake Off. But oh, then they already have. Think, but it, uh, do, they did? Oh, and you're going to love Is it the- just them fighting and like all this politics stuff happen? Because I can't, I feel no, like America wait. can't be like nice. Anymore. No, like, but I-, I want, like, if you make a mess up on your cake, I, I, they're going to be like, yo, your cake sucks. So, wait, I first of all, I need to tell you who f- hosted the first Americanized version of the great, I think it was the, called the Great American Bake Off. Okay. Jeff Foxworthy hosted. <laughs> And I was like literally sat there and I was working at Master Control. So we got all the trailers and stuff early. I just went, what the fuck? Like, why would Jeff Foxworthy be the first choice for this? In what cooking capacity? I mean, technically, I guess Noel doesn't have any cooking experience. No, but he's at least eccentric and charming. Who who would you cast in the Great American Bake Off? Oh, well, my th- first thought is sad. I would have asked Robin Williams. I feel oh, like he would have been would great. He would have been so good. He would have been encouraging, too. R.I.P. He would have been like, you tried. Oh, he would have been but like, you've, you've got it. You've got it. You've got it very good. I don't know why I'm trying to do. I just, I know in my head what he would sound I like. I know. That's why I started. I said, there's no way he I'm would, going to. Cause and then will, sometimes they cry on British Bake Off because they just want to do a good job. And it's just, they're tired. And it's. Oh. Because they See, I've work. never seen those. The I thing is, the contestants and... work during the week, so they go back home. They're doing this on the weekend. Yeah, I know. So they still have to work 40 hours a week and t- drop the kids at soccer practice and try to make the best beef Wellington that they can or whatever or uh, practice a good baked Alaska. That's why I feel like in the American version, they would we, we're so cruel that we'd be like, yo, 
I heard, like, I'd be making my cake and be like, yo, Abe, heard you need to pick up your kids in time for soccer practice. Man, that rain sucks. Why can't you be a better mom? Yeah, like, there'd be shit like, talking. Yeah, we, we would do that on this show, because that's the American way. Like, we would be so mean to people. I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to be number one. Like, they're like, say, hey, so can I borrow some sugar? I messed up. And like, yeah, I can help you out. And they're helping each other. I'm like, why are you helping each other? What? I know. Like, I, I just don't understand that concept. It's just, I'm like, no, no. It's literally watching humans in, it seems like, their purest form. Honestly, except there have been some controversies. But anyways, we're getting we're getting away from the, the so the comic. That here. in mind, this comic book. Did it feel like you were watching the TV show, or did it feel different? One hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent. Yes, and they went in directions that I kind of wish that the show would have gone if it could go just. 25% more little just extra and just a little crazier because one of the hosts of the program is a freaking cat. <laughs> a cat is a host of this baking program. I don't know what the cat can eat or how discernible the cat's palate is. <laughs> like, if the cat licks it, he likes it. I'm a fan of this. Put Yeah. So, I mean, there's Listen, a cat if co-host. I host something, I would co-host it with Robin. Oh, I mean, yeah, he'd be like, he'd he'd be your Andy Richter. I'd be like, what do you think? What do you think, boys? Is good? I and mean, I'd he's put our... it to him, and he'd be like, ah. and I'd be like, nah. The cat disapproves. I approve, though. <laughs> and then I would just speak for my know. cat. There is nothing wrong with this so far. No, I, I know it's wonderful. I, I am on board. Okay, so 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 there's a murder though, right? One there, of these people is a murderer. Yes, there is a poisoning that happens to one of the contestants. You know, just, just trying one? to just so in the beginning. Well, I assumed every issue there would be murdering a person. They're not issue. murdered; they're just poisoned. So it's still like they've been in the hospital. So what? They just fed them like what's that pooping one? They gave them the the. Laxatives? No, and they're just like man. The my, my, my tummy hurts. No, it's... I got poisoned. I gotta go. No, and they're just in the. What is it? Um... I'm sorry. I just, just. I thought it was bump off. Like they're getting bumped off. Yeah, they're bumping off the contestants from being a threat. So this, their book is so nice that the people aren't even killing them. They're just mildly inconveniencing them for the day. Yes. So that way on Monday well, they can no, return to not, their daily life. It's longer than that. Like, I, I'm talking, like, probably in the hospital for a couple weeks. So they're at least maimed. <laughs> Is it the same poison? or? Yes. Yeah, so that's kind of how, how our adorable little protagonist, Shauna Wicket, determines that it has been poisoning due to deadly nightshade that grows in the area, which is poisonous to everyone okay and it's get it and it is mistaken for a black currant which is very popular in british cooking and baking currants uh they do like a currant jam a lot of times so that's so who is solving so people are getting how does the first issue work like someone gets sick and like oh he's he's going oh well and yeah the next person gets sick and they're like this is fishy and then next person, they're like, we think something's a foul. Well, Shauna walked into the executive producer's offices because they were going to shut down production <laughs> on a reality show, which is very funny in this strike era that we're in right now. She goes into the executive producer's office and is like, no, 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 we don't have to shut this down, guys. I'm a detective, basically, kind of. I can figure this out and I can be on the show still. So we can just keep this rolling. <laughs> so she's burning the candle at both ends. Would you say it had a glass onion vibe then? Yes, because she has two people that she's in cahoots with that they like know, and then but the rest of the contestants aren't aware that she's like that getting a pass to some of these uh, baking challenges so that she can stay to oh, determine. Okay. And they're like, her bake wasn't even that good. Like how uninspired this is. Or your Aww. presentation is a subpar. Does she get really sad? She does get sad. Oh, that's... But she's like, what can I do? I'm trying to do both. And I was like, why is this... Why do I feel so offended in this <laughs> this comfortable sweater of a comic that I'm wearing right now? 
here's a question. Mm-hmm. Th- this character, in a sense, this protagonist, she could go on to do like maybe other baking shows. Oh, absolutely. Where murders happen. Would you be interested, like, a or Hell's she Kitchen could, version yeah. of this with her as the... Like, I, I feel like the series could go on with her as... Can she survive outside of this baking? Like, would you like to see her oh, do something else? I would else? love to. I would also like to see... They created... Um, so there's kind of stereotype... I guess stereotypes are, like, token people that they try to include every season. Like, there's the granny, the cool guy, the... The really pretty girl who uh, didn't know she was pretty, but through baking, she found her own inner beauty, blah, 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 stuff like that. <laughs> you know, there's certain roles that they... Oh, I understand. It sounds ridiculous to Oh, me. it's ridiculous. And then there's like... like how the... do they decide who's the cool guy? I think I'm the cool guy, and I know a lot of you would be like, he is not the cool no, guy. No, you would be the nerdy guy. You would be the one that would make an Avengers Infinity War-themed cake. Absolutely, with a Spider-Man signal. Which was actually a cake that was made in the series. It was it was pretty oh, cool. Book? It was the gauntlet. Yeah, they, they actually showed it. It's the gauntlet. Oh, that's cool. What yeah. issue was that? Um, That was in, I think, this last one, because it right. was only Listen, I, I can a few issues. Listen, I with, with that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, so there's cool little ta- like throwaways. Also, um... Sean is friends with the cool guy, quote unquote, and then she's also friends with like the granny. So there's this like 70, 80 year old lady who just likes baking for her grandchildren. And she ends up baking a Suspiria themed cake. Suspiria being the film from the 1970s that got remade with. um, And this is how the actual show goes too. Like they get. Sometimes, yeah, like those those kind of characters, those tropes. Thank you. Someone wants to be on the show, like they're old, and they're like, you know what? I could I could do this. I'm the granny, guys. I have kids I cook for, and my grandkids. And she has no grandkids. She never married. (laughs) Like she just wanted to be on the show. Like is that a thing? Like how how she do just they like, bet every single contestant? Like they're fouling. Like we don't think she has that she, many grandchildren. Like the <laughs> like I'm just trying to think of these tropes. Like the nerdy guy. Like yeah, guys, I'm nerdy. Fantastic X Men. Rawr, Spider Man. Like oh, he sounds like a nerd. Yeah, and he's seriously like he knows nothing. He just watched this episode and was like, man, Power Rangers. Godzilla, Spider-Man. Like, that's his nerd talk. Like, he just... How easy is it to fake it on this show of these tropes? Because I would, like... I'll be. I'll pretend to be British, and like, we could get on this show. I'll pretend to be British. I'm pretty sure you need to live in the UK, but sure. We were gonna fake everything. We're faking my accent. How and are my... you gonna show up every weekend? We're on gonna this go show? there. We're gonna get sponsored. It's gonna be an event. My way onto this British Bake Off. Oh Good day, Moyes. Again, my name is Sydney. Anyways, the series has been delightful. Uh, I've really enjoyed John Allison's writing, and Max Saren's art on this. Like, it's just—it's really cute. It's adorable. It's whimsical. It's charming. Also, they've had some amazing variant covers that I've really liked. Like some of them, you'd like you're cutting into a cake, and it turns out that it's a pattern of a skull when you cut into it. You know, just sort of creative things like that. Like they've really encapsulated the heart of uh, Great British Bake Off, and have just really done a great job translating it into comic form. My my one critique of the book is I do feel that the ending felt a bit rushed. I feel like they could have gone another issue. I feel like they could have gone like a I can't remember if they they ended that's, at four or five or that's five high or praise six. though. You wanted to continue. I wanted to continue. I felt like the ending kind of felt rushed because it wasn't at an actual like conclusion. It was kind of like an epilogue. Like I wanted to see where these characters ended up. I wanted to keep seeing the progression of the show the way like the way that I've seen it. That's good praise like would you want more from the book what more could you want like you tell the person like if we meet them and you're just like hey you could have made another issue it was so beautiful i just didn't want it to end that's basically what you're saying yeah i don't want it to end and that's what more could you ask (laughs) 
No, a book I have been gushing over. What one? Fish Flies. Oh. By Jeff Lemire. Crunchy, crunchy fish flies. Oh, it, it, I love Jeff Lemire. Like, he, it, like, when he is writing and drawing a book, mm-hmm. you kind of get, like, an insight into his mind and how he perceives things and maybe how colors look. Like, I look outside sometimes and I'm like, man, if I was going to paint this with, he's my Bob Ross, I feel. <laughs> like, I hate Bob Ross. Bob Ross, he is not tranquility to me. Like, he, I, I, I get, my blood pressure raises. I, I get I get visibly upset when I watch Bob Ross. I know, and it's so funny to me. But Jeff Lemire, when I look at his art, I just feel tranquility, and I get, like, feelings that he's getting. Like, if it seems supposed to be scary, it just feels creepy and eerie or joyous or suspenseful. Like, you feel that in the art. There doesn't have to be words on the page, and you get that. And that's what Fish Flies is. It's just like... This combination of just artwork telling you the story and then, you know, actual conversations of, like, what it is in a small town when bugs invade. And it's it's beautiful. Like, this, this kid is – he gets infected by these bugs. Mm-hmm. And so he's hiding out, and this girl finds him, and she's like, I love you. And it's a very, like, shape-out-of-the-water kind of story. Like, she loves an alien creature, bug boy. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was just, it was really just great. Like, I just got so enwrapped in it. And I just could feel, like, every moment, every swish of his watercolors. Yeah. You showed me some of his art. And I really, oh, it's beautiful. So, like, it was just, and then he has a backup in the back. It was, like, this letter, like, you know, I did this part of the stack he he did. Which is like a comic book. Like if you do an online subscription to your favorite comic book people, mm-hmm. you can read like exclusive stories by them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just haven't gone to that because I don't like digital. Because digital doesn't mean anything. Like at any point, someone can turn off that digital thing, and I don't have it. Like I want something physical. That's why I love comics. Like I can hold this, I can read it, and I have it. And so when you look at a book like this, and you can really just feel it. I just I, I don't feel like I would have gotten the same thing if I read this on Stacked. I would have been like, this is kind of boring. Yeah. It's on my phone. It's phone yeah. size. Like this is book size. Like and some of it's double page, so you get like this huge table size spread almost. Yeah. You know, maybe half a table size. Your portion at dinner size. <laughs> You're gonna go sit down for dinner like that, <laughs> plate sized. Okay. So I I just really been enjoying Fish Flies a lot. Also, another book I have been enjoying yes is something epic. Uh, I know you got a little bit behind in it. I did, and I have been promoting it on the rundown because I'm like, we gotta talk about this book, and I, it's so hard to talk about without spoiling it because it's so simple but yet so out there. If you know what I mean. Yeah. The story is about imagination and how this little boy is perceiving different things. And, like, in this third issue is how he does dreams. Yeah. And I was (laughs) like, man, this is exactly how it is. At the same time, he's dealing with the trauma of his mom passing. Yes. And so this is really kind of, like, how he's dealing with this grief. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. And Simon Kodarski actually shared our video. Yeah, so you sent I, me that text from work, the, and I was like, freaking out in the like car. How cool is this dude? They shared our our post. Like, that's what's up. And he added us so that it was clickable to yeah. our page, which was really cool of him. He didn't need to. So I, I was like, Amy, I know you're a little behind. You gotta read these. And what your what are your thoughts as a non creative person reading it? Like, was it easy to follow? Like, because me, it was just like. Basically, just reaffirming everything I know about myself. Yeah. um, (laughs) It really gave me a glimpse into your brain, uh, especially during the second issue when he's talking about how, you know, I should tell my mom about this. You know, she like she might want to know. And he's like out. Danny's out on the street and he's walking around. And then all of a sudden there's this fight between. Um, some sort of samurai 
which honestly, the first second that I looked at it, I was like, is this is this Vegeta? <laughs> and I it, this, think it was supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be too, especially like the 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 kind of half face but both eyes of the real back of the the fist clenched at your side uh, like he's about to launch a really like like when i draw dragon ball z characters like that's how i draw them with the the neck how it was like that was how it was growing up in school when you dress i i I have maybe i should share them online i i still have (laughs) my old photos of like me drawing characters and they all were like dragon ball z like i drove me as a dragon ball z character and i had these muscles and like that is what I did. Like that was my life. Like that that is middle school to me. Yeah. And that's what it looked like. And I was like, that's a kid drawn Dragon Ball Z. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's exactly like the f- I really felt like this was a scene of if I like if you and I were walking down the street and you zoned out for a second, like this is what would be going on in your head is this fight scene while we're walking down the street in like downtown or whatever. Oh, it, all the time I think about like what if a movie happened here? Like, you know? Or do you think how awesome would it be that Spider-Man just showed up on that pole up there on top I of the government building? I want to say I don't think about it as often as I do, but there's a scene in Spider-Man 2 where the Rhino is like he has his security truck and he's just blasting through the street so whenever i'm an intersection like in a city i'm always expecting like an armored thing to just come across (laughs) at the moment's notice i don't know why i just always expect it and it's never happened there's never been cause of like i've never had like Mm -hmm. cops running cross of me or any kind of thing i'm just always expecting it i guess i always get disappointed when i leave this a, a, a city and i'm just like Man, a rhino didn't hit my car. <laughs> oh, I'm still alive. Damn it. So, I just... I, something epic is becoming more and more, like, a feel-good book to me of, like, mm-hmm. confirming, like, things that I think isn't insane. Like, it's okay to imagine things, and, like, this is how we process it. Yeah. Because that's all it is, is... He's doing all this to process the death of his mom. Yeah. Death of his mom kind of hit hit home a little bit. So I was like, uh. <laughs> with the whole stage four lung cancer, I was like, okay, I know exactly what this is like. <laughs> so that was kind of why I thought you wanted me to read this. No, I, I wanted you to read it just because it, it's just kind of like different things in my life. Like when things happen, I was think about like a parallel universe like i almost picture a rick and morty episode or a sliders episode of like what would life be in a different world where maybe this didn't happen this event what would life be like Mm -hmm. like why did i choose that road or do that option and sometimes as i'm thinking down the road like what if i didn't do a b and c and like well, I never would have met Amy if I never did this. Yeah. I never would have liked comics if my uncle didn't die. Yeah. Like, that's how I ended up going to the comic book shop. Like, if he would have never passed, I I don't know if I ever would have stepped inside the comic book shop. How many years later would it have been, if any? Which which uncle are you talking about? Because oh, I don't I don't know if my, I know this story. Oh, is my great uncle uh, Eddie? He passed away, mm-hmm. and we went to go get flowers for um, the wedding. And the flower shop is um, on the street here. It's a one way street, so you're kind of forced. It was uh, where the Heights Theater is in Odiemars. Okay, and right next to it is Harry's, mm-hmm. and then the next shop over. That's where. Or, over from Harry's, that's what used to be uh, Hero's Comic Shop. Okay. And then there was a flood leak, and he ended up moving. Um, but that's where he originally was. And so when we were driving, we went past, like, I saw there was a comic book shop, and I was like, because I, I was reading comics and hardcovers, but I wasn't really getting into the single issues. I didn't want to own single issues. I was like, I'm fine with the trades. That's all I want. <laughs> and I want to know the death of Captain America. So 
I saw the comic book shop and I was like, oh man, can we stop? And my dad's like, oh, they're closed today. And I was like, all right, I'll go in tomorrow. So me and Tom went in and I was like, do you have this Death of Captain America? And he's like, I got a second printing of it. And I was like, I don't. I want what does it. that mean? Yeah. Uh, what, what does that mean? I want it in one of the books. He goes, it wasn't ever. I don't know if he said it wasn't printed yet or he doesn't. He didn't have it, I think. He goes, I, I just have this. And I guess I guess I could get this. And he goes, so you just read trades? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, you're reading Spider-Man. And like, I just got here. And he goes, oh, this is where we're at in the books. Like, you're like a year behind. Hmm. And I was like, oh. And he goes, listen, come back tomorrow and I can hook you up with all these Spider-Man books and catch up. And you could be like, you're not that far behind. I got everything here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet. And I just... Then once you have all those books, you're like, what else can I get? And yep. then Wolverine happened. And I was like, what happened after House of M? And he's like, oh, oh Wolverine Origins is where you want to read if you liked Wolverine. And it got me hooked into reading that. And yeah. I started reading X-Men. Tom was really getting into Deadpool. Yes. Like, because his new number one came out. And it, it just kind of spiraled from there. Like, you would, I, I learned different artists and different artists would do different books and then I'd learn different writers and it just kind of spirals and webs out from there because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're reading books you never thought you would read and then I want to say it was less than a year after I started going there like I feel like we went there like in October and then in March tenants above them somehow there was a leak okay it leaked all over the comics and ruined a lot of books Ooh, yikes yeah so he moved to next door of where he is now and it's just he's, he's always been up and down that street like he was in the heights theater for a little bit mm-hmm. that was fun moving those comics up there yeah so i always like to think about like where my life would be at different points and the fact that you don't think about that kind of shocks me sorry <laughs> I, I, just, I, I, I thought that everybody does like everybody thinks like what my life would have been like if i didn't like, if I never went to Oswego, what would have happened with my life? Like, I was thinking about going to Ithaca. Yeah. Would you have saw me in college and been like, man, I don't like that guy. And I keep telling you every time, probably. Exactly. So we would have ruined everything in a parallel. So I, I just want to explore those parallel universes or, you know, what if there's a universe where I get, get superpowers? Yeah, I guess. I think about that all the time. You, you just have a more active imagination, and I guess I am tainted. Like, I feel I am more tainted by reality, I guess. I'm, I might be too practical for to think imaginatively, which is kind of, now that you have brought all of this to my attention, is a little sad. I, I, I didn't mean to make it sad. I just, it just is something that was interesting to me that I never really thought about. Yeah, now I'm kind of sad because I was like, oh, so you live very whimsically. I want to be whimsical. You know, it just, it just makes life a little more interesting. And, and that's uh, uh, just a trait I don't have in me, and it makes me a little sad. You can read this book. Maybe I'll get more creative. Maybe read more comics. That Maybe that's what it is. Maybe reading comics helps you become more creative because you think of things you've never thought. Yeah. So maybe comics is what helps us keep that little bit of imagination. Maybe. So. Well, keep... I'm only dipping my toe into this whole comic world. I mean, we've been doing the rundown for a while. I feels like years we, at we, this we, point. <laughs> we've been doing it since I think January, February we started. Yeah, you know what's really wild if is uh the fact that you put all these up on a playlist on YouTube, right? Yep. And it said the rundown numbers 1 through 95. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, are you serious?" Yeah. We're, we're already like approaching our 100th episode well, essentially. We're getting there. Some of those episodes are like the Star Wars video has its own video. Um the high video I put up there is its own video. So the number's a little off than what it should be, but yeah, we are we are reaching it. It's getting up to a hundred episodes of the rundown, which is crazy. Like I I under I know that there's 365 days in a year, but the fact that we've produced almost a hundred, you, you know, you, you could watch a rundown every day for a hundred days consecutively, and and you would not watch the same show. <laughs> It's fun to watch the rundown, like the early episodes, like how unsure you are of saying things. 
Um, I'm sure the camera like, angle was great too. Oh, it's uh, but I, that's one thing I like is Drew is really given us like I watched those first episodes and I'm like, oh, they're so bad. How no? Why did Drew let us do that? And I'm like, now I watch the episodes now and I'm like, watch the comparison. Yeah, way different. Like, yeah, so much difference. Yep. And I think the writing, I, I've been trying to get better and better at it. I think it's working. And I just think about what's going to happen in the next hundred episodes. Like, I know there's a theme song I'm working on. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to have before the episode. I think yes. that'd be fun. If you'd like to help collaborate with us on a theme song, feel free to drop us a line. So I'm just, uh, uh, there, there's different things. I'm like, man, this is like Terrificon. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping we're, we're going to be meeting a lot of artists and I'm hoping to maybe get a couple of them on the rundown with books that they're coming out with. Or yeah. Going to be doing like Louis, Louis Simonson's going to be there mm-hmm. and having her talk about the Jean Grey book. Like, give a little, yeah, give that's going to be exciting to, to bring up. I'm, yeah. So uh, if you have any questions for any of the artists that are going to be at Trificon, you know, we can ask them for you. Let, let us know if you want us to ask them anything. We'll put a video out. We're open to do a whole bunch of different things. So there, there's a lot happening from us that we. Yeah. Well, there's going to be. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing is with it's uh, Trificon is going to be interesting this year, given the actors and writers strike. Yeah, they can't talk about any projects that they've so, done. So I, I have a whole bunch of actor questions for them i think that mm-hmm. we, i wanted to give them i think that'd be a lot of fun i'm hoping to see peter maybe we can get him on the podcast yes love peter milnick yes uh so what is your origin story of peter you and peter milnick we went to college together we were in the oswego dorms uh, the mackin hall was was he also in the communications program no he was i think in graphic design he lived in the dorm and it was when i was in the um um i was working the front desk okay he'd always come down and um somehow he knows i'm a nerdy guy i don't know (laughs) what people how people could misconstrue that but we started talking about like our love for kevin smith like he grew up near um like red bank area so we saw them all like he told me like all these Stories how he met them, and I was like, I'm so jealous. He's oh. like, Come on down and see them. And I don't I think just, you ever told me that. <laughs> no, I, I just so we, we just talked and we just became friends, and it just kind of continued. And he's the host of uh, The Marvelous, correct? The, yes, the, the Marvelous. So, yeah, he, he's he's like, we both went into podcasting. I think kind of, I, I had we had our show first, and I and I know he invited us to do some collaborations because he started doing the Marvelous, and he he has exceeded our show by leaps and bounds. Like it's so awesome to see how well he's doing. And he's such a nice guy. So great. it's great. I love Peter. It's great. It's great to see good people get, receive good things in life. Exactly. So I. But we're, this is going to be a much more comic focused con this year, I think. So, which is great because that's what Fresh to Death Comics is. We like, you know, what comics are good, bad. We'll talk to some indie creators, like books that you may not even heard of before. Like, we'll see if we can meet some of them. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, uh, with that, uh, I think we're going to call it for tonight's. We have a lot to talk about next week. Yes. We're we got to rest your- up. We're bringing you the rundown. All week, and then uh, Thursday we begin our trek to Connecticut and Terrificon. So you'll probably get some shows. They'll be all over the place. We'll do our last episode, do a Terrificon episode. So, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of things for you guys. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching if you're on YouTube. Hopefully you guys are enjoying those ones. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming Terrificon episodes. And... We'll see you guys next time on Fresh Death Comics. Bye, everybody. Bye.